podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi, this is Tony Cotty and you're listening to the We Are West End podcast. You are listening to the We Are West Ham podcast with me, Will Pugh and James Jones. And this season, the We Are West Ham podcast is sponsored by Miriam Errington Conveyancing in Adelaide, South Australia. So if you are buying or selling a property in Adelaide, South Australia or Australia as a whole, make sure you keep West Ham business in the West Ham family by giving Miriam a call. Or a shout, it's Miriam Errington Conveyancing for all your property sale and conveyancing needs down under. Oh, I don't know what to say anymore. God sake, how does this football team continue to do it to me? West Ham United 2, Tottenham Hotspur 1 away on Thursday night. Euphoria all round putting another nail in the coffin that was the Ange Postacoglu PR machine. I'm transforming the club. No, you're not. You're just glorifying losing as so many managers and all of their fans have done for decades before you. And West Ham United come to town. The One of the greatest smash and grabs in the history of the club and what joy I took in that even though I was forced to watch the last 10 minutes on my mobile phone at a birthday meal for my sister. And then, honestly, honestly, after last week's podcast, me and James had a big old slanging match about David Moyes. We went head-to-head. And to be fair, the result at Tottenham neither proved or disproved either of our points, really. But it at least gave a little bit of vigour to West Ham's league campaign and you hope would inject some at least some confidence to make him play a bit freer perhaps when we went away to Fulham obviously the lesser challenge of the two away games that West Ham had last week and it's Fulham FC 5 West Ham United nil I mean honestly you couldn't just let me have just a little glimmer of gloating to my Tottenham mates, of gloating a little bit to Jonesy on this podcast, of just generally feeling good for beating Tottenham away, as doing that has done for so many years for me. And it's all just come crashing back down to earth. It's the same old thing. We're in the same place as we were last week. I've had loads of messages in my inbox and in the podcast email inbox supporting me. I've had loads of messages in my inbox and the podcast inboxes on social media and the email boxes supported James and given me a load of grief. The fan base remains divided. And if that week wasn't just a perfect little microcosm of what it is to support West Ham at the moment, James Jones, then I really don't know what is. I can't believe somehow, mate, this football club has made it so that Surely for the first time ever, I wasn't looking forward to doing this podcast after we beat Tottenham away. That's unheard of, but yet here we are. Mate, it's all backwards. It's all backwards. In <laughs> in, in a in a proper world, in a in a proper world that does things normally, Normal. does things yeah. as expected. We lose to Tottenham 5 0 and we beat Fulham 2 1. That's yeah. Do you look at those two games and go 
yeah, they're, they're, if if and you just take those two games and two results and take, pull them away from each other, and you were asked yeah. to match them up in okay, well, how how did these two <laughs> games turn out? These were the score lines, match them. Yeah. That's the route. That's the way you go. And it, it obviously West Ham do it the complete opposite way, and it's really angered me. I'm I'm angry. I said to you before we started recording, it ruined my Sunday. I had a really nice Sunday plan. We we and I was abs- I was buzzing after Thursday night, obviously, and we had Harrison's birthday on the Saturday. And because his birthday's in the lead up to Christmas, we always we put the Christmas tree up after his birthday at home. So we're like, right, Sunday, let's go and buy a Christmas tree. We can finally buy a real one because we're now in a house, in a field, and suddenly I'm getting two nil, three nil, four nil. Five nil, and I'm sitting there. It's meant to be a really magical time with my family, buying a Christmas tree, taking it home, putting it up, decorating it, and that football club that has got me by the proverbials every single week <laughs> is ruining it for me. And do you know what? It angers me, but I'm just absolutely not surprised. I'm not surprised. The, the thing that frustrates me is that that second half against Tottenham was the bar. You set the bar now. 72 hours later, you drop back down to where you were before. Not good enough. Unacceptable for me. Uh, and I'm not I'm not buying all this. Oh, we, we would have taken three points out of those two games anyway. Nah, not having that. Not having that. Because well, you've, you've got you've taken three points out of the one game that you when you when people say oh, we would have taken three points out of those two games. Yeah. But you've got three points from the game that you weren't expecting to get those three points from. So why aren't we building on that? Why aren't we at least trying to build on that? And we didn't try and build on that, really. It was rubbish. Oh. Rubbish. Right. So I'm not so, happy about it. I'm I'm very very angry and upset about the behaviour of this football club at the moment. It's not good enough. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I I will accept that. One one thing that's worth noting, right? Just a bit of important context. And I'm determined this week, right? I think it sort of descended into a bit of us both just like <laughs> trying to prove the other one wrong and a bit of facetiousness and a bit of childishness, whatever. It was funny. I enjoyed it, and it appeared that lots of people. Um, enjoyed the podcast as well, whichever side of the fence that they fell on. Um, I mean, look, we've got, we've had a. I, I just want to touch on some of the some of the reaction we had, right? Either in our emails or on our on our podcast um, uh, on our podcast social media accounts at we are underscore West Ham on Twitter. You can just search we are West Ham podcast or we are West Ham pod on um instagram and we're on youtube as well we're encouraging everyone to go and subscribe to our youtube channel if you don't already leave us a review all that sort of stuff um i don't it's difficult to know where to start i just want to say thanks first of all to jim uh jim odie um who sent a a couple of really really long emails in and really nuanced to be fair he just sort of says like he's firmly in the moyes camp uh, he disagrees with James's point that we should be beating teams like Palace. Like he doesn't think he's ever gone to a game expecting us to win, nor should we. And I, I do agree. It's not. It's Palace. It's not like it's Oxford United. But um, yeah, you know, sort of. Jim yeah, makes a very Oxford good a point. Years ago. No, exactly. Yeah, we thought we beat Swansea, didn't we? In that um, last towards the end of the our last Upton Park season, all we needed to do was get more points out of. Swansea beat Swansea and Stoke and lose to Man United at home. We'd have got Champions League and we'd do it arse about face and beat Man United for a historic farewell to Upton Park, but let get fresh at home by Swansea and draw away uh, to Stoke. And look, you know, uh, there's some there's some nuance from Jim there. A bit of bit of a be careful what you wish for, which is kind of the the sort of line I was going with. Um, 
look, oh, oh, Jim's basically saying, I'm not just reading this one out because he, he sort of backed me. He said he's like me, excited about what's coming up and thinks it can get better as well as as much, much worse. It just seems, James, what what, what do you think that, I, I don't know, with, with the Fulham thing, because if, if you if you take it sort of um, calmly, right, if you just look at the two games objectively, and look, um, at WHU Logical uh, was quick after the Fulham game to, to get stuck in. He tagged you in it as well. I said, William Pugh, did you waste an hour and a half on the pod arguing with James Jones defending this? And it's like, well, you, you've you've messaged me that, mate, after the Fulham game. Like I didn't hear anything from him <laughs> um, after the Tottenham game. You two have obviously gone backward and forwards. He said uh, it was the ramblings of a madman from me. You rather than defending your podcast host and friend, you were uh, <laughs> riling him up. Not sure how he's going to find the positives in this result. Guaranteed he'll try though. <laughs> a bit petulant, Jonesy. Think even he'll struggle with this one. I'm basically getting like trolled by some one of the listeners fair enough and my mate but i do do that to you so fair <laughs> enough and and i did just reply eventually because you you two have been having a little bit of fun at my expense on your own for a while before i even looked at twitter and i just replied and said said on the pod i'd be okay with a point from spurs and fulham happy with two ecstatic with three net positive week suppose you'd have rather drawn both got less points but played a few nice passing moves um, and then, yeah, ungovernable uh, was the Twitter name, but at WHU Logical said, being happy with three points over possible six is fair. Oh, thanks very much, mate. Um, the more pressing, worrying is style slash lack of tactics on display for 135 minutes out of the 180 minutes in those two games. How can you bring on two defenders when three nil down and still concede a further two goals? It's laughable. And look, uh, the, the, worth noting that a story has come out this morning that there's a is and has been a sickness bug sweeping through the camp, and I, I think we're at a stage now among in the fan base where people, and I, I, I think I probably will sort of include myself in that to an extent, where people are so entrenched in their own view now. I think that it's got quite. Uh, and I don't think we are, to be honest. We had it was a really good debate last week, but it's important to note that at no point, as much as we're winding each other up and trying to make out like we've got completely unnuanced point of view, at no point did I say we're playing really well, like, and and that we're really good. And at no point did you say the results are terrible, and I'm not happy being ninth and top of the Europa League group and through to the Carabao Cup. We were kind of both saying the same thing just from slightly different viewpoints and, and shouting each other about it, which was, which was fun. But uh, I, I'm not really sure. The, the, the Tottenham game, we sort of didn't... I think the problem is, like you were saying, we don't seem to really be deserving it, do we? But the, the fans are so entrenched with, within their views now that I, I don't really know what to say. I, it's, it's hard to know what to say, mate, isn't it? I, I'm sort of I making think, all these points. We had, oh, and all the reaction proved is that we were just sort of representing two fairly polarized camps in our fan base last week, even though we are delivering it with more nuance and appreciating the other side of the argument. But I don't know where it goes. I don't know what it has to 
be or become to sort of get out of this? Do you know what I mean? I... Well, mate, at the end of the day, I think my most of my argument last week was around style and lack of density. Um, yeah. And I sort of agree with all of that. And we, we saw the opposite of that in the second half against Tottenham. Um, probably the best 45 <clears> minutes <throat> we've had since, what, September, I think? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I... I, I You've shown that they've shown there that they can they can play that way. Like the first half they had to deal with Tottenham, you know, coming out the blocks early, getting that early goal, and I think we were very fortunate that they struggled a lot in the final third, um, mm. which allowed us then in the second half to to really go at them a little bit and get ourselves back in the game. Those two goals incredibly incredibly fortunate, um, which kind of sort of piggybacks onto my point last week as well about okay, you know, we we've been fortunate in a lot of the games that we've run, that we've won recently or or avoided defeating. And then the Fulham game almost reverts the type. And I know you mentioned the sickness bug, but um that the the argument of a sickness bug, whether it's true or not, or whether it's as uh, as as it, you can't I don't I'm, you I'm, say not, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go and say uh, no, no. no what I mean is the extent of lie, the, the sickness no, it's not a lie. What I meant is the, the the extent of the sickness bug. Is it is it the majority of the squad? Is it just one or two players? Um, it was clear that something was um, was going on when we saw the lineup, and there's no Alvarez and Emerson's on the bench, and um, but that's only two players. That's only two players. So yeah, but that, just two players. There might have been some come that down completely with the worse than that. Maybe, maybe, but like. The the only way it changes now is you've got to beat Freiburg on Thursday and you've got to beat mm. Wolves at the weekend. And then people then can turn around and go, okay, we'll put that 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 Fulham game down as a as a blip. I've said it so many times that we you know, I think that's what only the seventh time we've lost by three or more goals since Moyes came back to the football club in two hundred games, two hundred and one games wherever it is. But it's just frustrating that that's come off the back of a, a fantastic 45 minutes at Spurs, a, an incredible result against a team that had won the Premier League in October. And we've we've just undone it all. It's all gone. And we're back, we're back to square one. We, we could have last week's debate again this week and it would not It would be the same debate. It, yeah, it, like, yeah. And that's what I don't want. Yeah. And, and, a win, and a win against Spurs... Should be the the catalyst to change. If anything, it's worse. But it, it hasn't made sense. I, I know what you mean, right? But right. So I, I, the, there's a our our col- uh, our friend uh, of the podcast, uh, personal colleague, respected and you know reliable sports journalist Jack Grosser. He was the West Ham correspondent for the Evening Standard for some time. Uh, he's your very close contacts at the club now, um, a national sports journalist for The Sun. His story in the paper today, Ailing Irons told to stay at home. David Moyes giving his players two days off as they battle sickness in the camp. Um, he revealed, Moyes revealed there was a bug going around ahead of the 5-0 hammering at Fulham. Alvarez missed the game. Fornells was hooked at halftime because of that. Emerson Palmieri, like you said, was also unwell, which is why Cresswell starts. David Moyes. 
uh, had symptoms and there were several other players as well, according to Jack. We've given two days off to try and recuperate. I I just I just feel I, I it's one of them where it just feels now where and I wasn't looking forward to this this podcast and because it just feels like I'm ra- railing against a, a a mindset which is like unchangeable like I I, I uh, yeah I, and I I really don't want to just do it again like what we did last week I think it was good last week probably needed to happen but it's like you know like if if we'd have swapped it round right and Tottenham had done us 5-0 and then we'd have beaten Fulham you you're in the situation now and I'm not saying you to be fair but like a majority of like fans where it's just they're just using the situation to like their own like to sort of fuel their own argument because it's like well that's still it's still a good week i know i know that the five nil humping at fulham but rather than i just feel like at any other club right well not any other club that's completely wrong but at lots of other clubs who generally are more like you know positive bit maybe a bit more forgiving of their managers or supporting or whatever i feel like i don't know say everton right or brighton or you know liverpool even if it came out after a game that there was a sickness bug in the team there'd be people would be jumping on that to like excuse their team and and let them off and go, yeah, yeah, but we beat Tottenham away. What a result that was and what a performance in the second half. And, you know, I know there was a bit of fortune with the goals, but then also, you know, the energetic press from West Ham's players, you could argue, forced those mistakes. Obviously, there was and there was a bit of fortune with Kudus' shot. But you need to be in that position with possession of the ball to have a shot to get there. So it's not, it's not complete and utter luck like they've just scored an own goal out of nowhere. Um, but there isn't that, and I, I'm just sort of, and again with the Fulham thing, even if it, you know if it was a sickness bug, I'm sure there was. Like you, you just, I know people think there is, but you can't just make up lies as a football manager. No, like no. people back these things up with agents and other players. Like you can't just lie and put stories out. That's not how it works. Um, yeah, and I just sort of still think. It's a net positive week. And if we'd have lost one or two nil at Fulham or two one, it would have still been a net positive week. And the one thing I did think over the last few days, Jonesy, is that at Man City, for example, the last few seasons, they, you know, they sort of muddle through in their own way and on a different scale, of course, but they sort of muddle through this first half of the season, don't they? And then they get Christmas out of the way in January. And then they go, right, lads, the cold months are behind us. And this is where this is where we start cutting the mustard now. And they kick on and, and they almost you never really think of any historic results Man City have had in the first half of seasons, do you? Because it's just their like foundation building thing. And they're just like kicking into place. And I know there'll be people screaming at this going, like, what do you think we're building here? What is there to push on? And I kind of, I can't help but go, yeah, I get it. I get it. But I'm just determined to sort of like try and be positive about it, I think. And 
And then if it, because you know me, James, me and you on this podcast will always do it. Because then if we sign no one in January, then we'll then we'll go in on them again, and we'll go. Well, what the hell are we doing? Like the same as we did the January when we were in the Europa League last time. We've really let ourselves down by not like uh, reinvigorating that squad in January, and then our season petered out, didn't it? Um, after we beat Leon, basically. So I don't know. Maybe it's a bit naive. Maybe I don't know what it is, but I just sort of we beat Tottenham and I want to be happy about that. That's the sort of fan and podcaster and bloke I just want to be really. Like Fulham was bad, but it was actually still a, a net positive week. I I I get what you're get what you're saying. I think you know, you mentioned about, you know, you've got to stay positive, you know, I want to be positive. It's very difficult for the vast majority of fans to be positive about a very negative style of football. All right, I don't want to in be positive. Situation. Maybe I just want to be like not complete catastrophe. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean I don't think it is a catastrophe at the moment. And I put in my BBC column this week that you know that the, the forty-five minutes at Spurs was the bar, and they have to match that moving forward. But if they hmm. don't, then more of those results against Fulham are coming. I genuinely believe that. I, I don't see us. Being in a position playing the, the, the way we are at the moment, um, and it's not even it's not just a style thing. It's it's uh, an effort thing. It's uh, we saw effort and intensity and and hunger and drive in that second half at Spurs, which should just be the absolute bare minimum every single week, regardless of the way yeah. that you set up to play a football match tactically. That should just be the bare minimum, and we haven't really seen that. And I think we've been very fortunate up until Sunday. That no team has either uh, has either been good enough or really been able to exploit that. Hmm. And you know we've had to rely on last minute winners, which we touched on last week. We're very fortunate with those two goals, but we worked hard to be in those positions for those two goals at Spurs. Fulham were the first yeah. team to really exploit it. Okay, maybe a few players were a little bit you know off because of a sickness bug, but they were ruthless against us. And you know had we been playing. Hadn't been playing other teams aside from Baka to Pola, not in a forest, Burnley, for example, and Palace, you know, there could have been a couple of more of those five nils on the on the results list. And that's what's concerning me a little bit is that if if Fulham if Fulham if we could take the Fulham the sense that it was coming. It, yeah, and it was coming, I think. You take the Fulham result out of it, let's put it down to a Sydney bug. If we don't see a repeat of what we saw at Spurs in that final 45 mm. minutes um, for the majority of, I'm not saying you've got to, got to play that way that way for 90 minutes every single game because it's difficult to do. Fitness levels need to be very high yeah. and you need a big squad to do it. But for the majority of our next two to three games, especially Freiburg and Wolves, um, if, if we come out and play like that, with that same intensity, same hunger, um, then you go, all right, okay, maybe we're turning a corner. If we don't, and it's a struggle again, and it's a last-minute winner, or or we're making mistakes, and we're not winning games, and we don't we're winning games, and we don't particularly deserve it. Then I'm concerned for the for the rest of the season, or for at least the the, the next couple of months. Um, but we've seen a glimmer of what's what's possible. Maybe we do just put the yeah. game down to illness, but we've seen a glimmer of what's possible. Yeah. Now we've got to see it happen again, and if we don't, yeah. um, I, I just I don't see it. Uh, I only see it getting it a lot worse to the point where it might be catastrophic. It's not the moment. We're still ninth. Luckily, some of the other results over the weekend went our way, so we haven't been cut adrift at that of, of the top eight. 
we're um you know we're in that that top nine that are pulling away from the rest of the league. So we're we're in amongst it still. The frustration mm. is that I'd be beating Fulham. We'd be seventh, I think, or sixth, and, and really oh, pushing no, on, mate. But like, um, it's, it's, but that's, that's, that's you're, frustration. You're forever rather. miserable if you think that. But that's but that's frustration because I was looking at it on Sunday morning, going, "Cool, that win against Spurs could be massive because some of the results are going our way." Um, if we win today, which is a big possibility because it's Fulham, like Fulham, I think they've only beaten us three times in sixteen attempts before Sunday in the Premier mm. League. Like we've got an opportunity here to push into sixth and really, you know, really establish ourselves in this fight. And then we lose mm-hmm. in the manner that we yeah. did. Put that down to wheelness, fine. Uh, and it's just a frustration thing. And you're allowed to be frustrated about that. But I you, know. You I just sort of think like you're allowed no, to be no like, no one's oh, ever like expecting oh. to beat Tottenham. Like, no, one's no one's expecting, expecting to beat that. Tottenham. But when you do, and then you follow that up, and then the next game you've got is Fulham away, and you go, well, actually, well, three points out of these two games would have been good, but six points would have been even better. Four points would have been even better. Well, yeah, but that's and we haven't yeah, done it, and we haven't done it, and it's like okay, well, and if it was the other way round, if it was if, if we'd have lost, you could basically say that unless we win the treble next year, no, like, no, no, unless no, we win the Premier League, Champions League, FA Cup, no. it's like it, it was, always could be better. If the five 0 defeat to Fulham was Thursday night, and then we beat Spurs two one on Sunday, it'd be that 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 would be a completely different conversation. But the fact is, we we won the hard, we've won the hard game first. So then to follow that up by not winning the easier game, and I'm not saying beating Fulham away is easy, but it's the easier game out of the two, it makes it it makes it frustra- more it, even the more frustrating because you're like, you've just done the hard thing. If you're David Moyes listening to this going, are you serious? Like, what, now I've got to manage the order in which I win my games to make you no, like, happy? No. What I'm saying is, is that you, you, if you win the hard it's the game same first... Amount of points. It's the same amount of points, but if you win the hard game first, and then you, you you've got the easy game coming up, and you've got a chance. Okay, well, if you're looking at those two games, going three points out of this no is going to be game great. The Prem's easy. Three points out of this is going to be great. If we get three points out of this, we take it, and then you get the three points in the first game, which is the one that you're looking at. Your game, we probably won't get the three points out of that game. Then the next game, you're we'll going well, out. But now that three points, that three points is now well, we should be getting six points out of these two games. It changes. It changes. The target changes, doesn't it? The target changes. No, and you, you should be changing your target. But if it be the other way around, then you go, right, okay, we've got Fulham away on Thursday and we've got Tottenham at home on, on Sunday. Uh, Tottenham away on Sunday. Three points out of these next two games would be good. We're probably looking at those three points being at Fulham. And then you lose at Fulham and then beat and beat Spurs on the, on the Saturday. Then the target's still the same. So it's all like the, the target changes the moment you win that hard game. It doesn't. Not for me, it didn't. Like, absolutely not. It's still a positive week. You, you're, it's that stage, you're like, anything we get, Fulham's a bonus, a huge bonus. Uh, we literally said on the podcast last week, we were like, ah, oh, two points this week would be good. Like, and I honestly do feel like that, that from like from you and like some of the people who are getting in touch on like socials as well, is that there would have genuinely been a more of a, like a happy feeling if we'd have drawn both the games. Honestly, uh, because, and I th- I think that's true. If, if if we'd have drawn both games, everyone would have gone, oh, le- good result of Spurs at, great result. And then obviously, uh, again, I do like the, the sickness bug thing. And no one, let, if, if, if you already decided Moise is out, you're not going to believe this anyway, right? I do think at, at any other club, if the feeling was 
somewhat better and generally more supportive that people go, all right, fair enough. Like Fulham as well, just come off the back of putting five past Nottingham Forest. Like it's not like we've rocked up and they're in a terrible vein of form. I, I, I just think, I don't know. Like, let's, let's be right. Let's be right. It's, it's two the away score games line. in the Premier League. It's the score One against line. Tottenham. I get that. Yeah. It's the scoreline. That's that... that's the big thing in it. That It's the scoreline. If we'd have lost that game 2-1, yeah, then we yeah. probably wouldn't be having this conversation. That's Not as right. intensely, I don't think. Not as intensely. But I, yeah. Yeah. I, I do sort of. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, a um, few more social media messages. Uh, this is just the first one before everyone goes, ah, oh, what are you talking about? Um, right. Michael Dontsov, uh, Gandalf the Hammer on Instagram. Uh, I'm pro Moyes. I've supported West Ham since 1975. These are the best of times. Um, Christian Padilla got in touch as well. Hello, Christian. Well, James, been listening to your podcast for about a year now. It's one of the only podcasts I look forward to every week. As an American, I'm surrounded by Arsenal, Chelsea and United fans, so it's good to be able to listen to great content about the club. Been a Hammers fan since 2005. Until recently, it's been uh, tough to watch the games regularly. Also, I'll say this. I'm a, I'm a Moyes fan and the Moyes Out fan club can take a walk. Thanks for the great content. Um, Malcolm Hill as well got in touch to uh, to say hello. Look, I, to be honest, mate, I don't know. I, these are on the podcast account rather than um, my own one. Like I, I, had, I had someone get in touch with me on uh, on Twitter the week before. I'll just try and get it up. Um, get it up here now. But what, what's your sort of? Have you had any messages yourself? Uh, Stan WHUFC, it was, um, and Nick Robinson uh, were getting involved in in a tweet of mine um, a while ago. Um, it was oh at half time of the back of Topola game, and I've just gone in with my usual sort of uh, trope. I guess some people would talk about it, you know. Um, talking about not being entertained at West Ham this season and gave him some stats. And the, the view was from Stan, we got extremely lucky in the games we've won recently. Um, the Arsenal game in the Harry Bow Cup. Uh, at Forest, we should be beating. Um, and, and I honestly, right, and I genuinely think fair enough, right, but I think it's that mindset. It's that if you go into, like, all the games we're playing, like even last season with the Conference League, people are just like, oh, yeah, well, we should be winning that. It's like, come on, lads. Like, you know, Man City should be winning everything. Fiorentina fans would probably think we should be winning these things. And I honestly, I, I'm at the stage now, I'm like, look, fair enough. Like, if that's if that's the way you want to go about it, you know, when we play a championship team at home, in the F when we play Bristol City in the FA Cup, then I will allow myself then to go, yeah, we should be beating them. I don't think we should ever say that about an away Premier League game because I think even if we, you know, I think we're the we've got the ninth biggest uh, wage bill in the Premier League, right? So we're basically on par with where our wages say we should finish. So and to finish ninth, I think realistically a a away target per season should be a point. And that like stand there, he just said, "Oh, the Arsenal game was in the Harry Bow Cup." So. Obviously, you didn't enjoy it, did you? You didn't enjoy it. I mean, I watched the game with you, mate. Brilliant game. Probably one of my favourites of the season. And it's like, and if we get to Wembley, 
or if we beat Liverpool away um, in the next round, you won't enjoy it, will you? And I just, I honestly now, I'm like, look, fair enough. Some people, if you want to exist in that space and that's how you want to support West Ham and just write so many victories off and games off with, oh, we should, oh, we should be doing that. Oh, we should be doing this. We should be doing that. If that is then combined with an overinflated idea of how big West Ham are and how successful we should be being, you are going to be miserable the majority of the time. And any sort of, you're not going to be open to any other way of thinking or being. I'm not saying you're like this, Jonesy, honestly. Uh, I think there's probably an, I think you're probably more slightly further along that scale towards that than I am. But I, I, I don't think you are. But there are loads of our fans like that. And I just think, fair enough. But, I, you know, you've also got to accept that that attitude can be grating for those of us that actually just want to try and not not pretend that it's all sweetness and light and that we're playing like 1970s Brazil, but also go, actually, I'm still going to try and enjoy the wins, even if we don't 100% deserve them. Because, like, you know, fans of other clubs will still do that. Like Liverpool didn't not celebrate that win against Fulham at home because they were crap for most of the game. <laughs> you know? I mean, first of all, the, the comment about the win against Arsenal being Haribo Cup is unbelievable, given that West Ham fans are very, very quick to defend winning the Conference League when opposing fans go, yeah, well, it was only the Conference League. It's like a poor, poor man's, like, you're over league or whatever it yeah. is. Like, yeah. So, and then you'd be at me if we go and win the Carabao Cup, you won't be calling it the Carabao Mate, Cup then, will you? So, and this would be like, the same bloke who going, oh, we should be winning silverware. Definitely. Yeah, not, not, bin, yeah. not happening. But I, I understand I understand where you're coming from. I think, I think that, like I said last week, I, just, I don't really want to keep going over it, but it's it, 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 goes, it goes deeper than, well, as long as we're winning, it doesn't really matter. As long as we're getting results, it doesn't really matter. At the end of the day, the, the, fact, oh, the fans are paying their money to go and they want to be entertained. Yeah, and yeah. yes, okay, we're winning football matches or, or we're going six unbeaten and everyone loves a last-minute winner. Now, it's great when you win a game in the last minute or it's great when you go to Spurs and yeah. win a smash and grab style and, and get, score two goals the way we scored them. It's yeah. brilliant. It's fantastic. Yeah. But... At the end of the day, like fans want to go and watch a game of football yeah. and be entertained by that game of football. And when they're not, yeah. they're coming away almost with mixed feelings going, well, we won, but for 89 minutes, I was bored out of my brain. Like, I, yeah, I, I agree. I bit, barely watching. and like, it's, that's, hey, I was like that, that under Allardyce, so I know what right, it's like. Yeah, and I think I that's do. where a lot of fans are with it now. I mean, by, by no means is it anywhere near as bad as what it was under Allardyce. Well, that's the like, thing, yeah. But at the same time, I think fans are just a little bit a little, are getting frustrated with no longer really enjoying watching West Ham play. We're not we're not going to West Ham on a on a Sunday or a Thursday night or whatever whenever it might be and going looking forward to that. I can't wait to see Kudos play. I can't wait to see Paquetta run uh, like pull the strings in midfield. Can't wait. Just looking forward to seeing the way they play. It's more like I'm looking forward to seeing how, how we grind this one out this weekend. <laughs> Like, and it's just like I've got like my mates. Like I've got my, at, at this very moment in time, my brother's just announced in the WhatsApp group that he can't go on Thursday or Sunday. He's got plans. Anyone want yeah. my ticket? And like, someone's like, I might have Thursdays. I'll see who I am. Can I let you know? Um, yeah. I'm, I might be. And it's like like people people want to be snapping these tickets up. And yeah, like, yeah, because yeah. they want to go and watch West Ham, they want to get over there on Thursday night. They can't wait to get over there. 
busting to go and see us play Freiburg in the Europa League. And instead, it's like, oh, I, I, can, I, can I let you know on a day? It's like, that's, what's, <laughs> that's what the fan base is at the moment. Yeah. We've just, we, we are currently, when, it, when you look at it just purely from a football point of view, in our, the best era in our lifetime, really. Yeah, this is the best, yeah, year, yeah. the best years we've ever experienced as West Ham fans. We've got tro- we've seen West Ham win a trophy for the first time. Yeah. Now we've in Europe for the first time, three years running for the first time in our history, on the verge of winning three group stages in a row. Like cut runs, like two top seven finishes. It's it's been mm. great, but only from the results perspective. But from an entertainment perspective, for the last two years, it's it hasn't been entertaining. It hasn't. We've won games and we've won a trophy. Fantastic. But it hasn't been entertaining for the best part of it or for the most part of it. And that's where, like I said, that's where the fans are like, surely we can, there has to be a way of marrying the two together, being entertained, but also being successful. No, I understand. That's what the fans want. And I don't think it's a case of, I'll be careful what you wish for, because you can, there is evidence, not just in the Premier League, but around the world, in this sport, that you can have the best of both worlds, you can have your cake and eat it. I think. Um, I think it's more difficult for a club at our level. It is more difficult. It's easy to look at Man City or Liverpool or Bayern Munich no, and go, it, no, 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 no. It's no, irrelevant. I'm gonna. That, that you can't compare us to those sort of football clubs with large budgets and no, uh, quite uh, like unlimited pots of money and and the, the commercial pull and the attractiveness of playing under Pep Guardiola, for example, or Jurgen Klopp, yeah. but. You know, Villa and Brighton deserve Villa, the Look at Villa Emery. at the moment. Right. We were linked yeah. with you and I, Emery, a few years ago. I'm not mm. saying back then, like, before we were linked with him before we went to Arsenal, granted, but you know, yeah. it wasn't even that bad at Arsenal, to be quite honest. Um, yeah. But there's evidence that you can have the best of both worlds. So all of this talk, oh, well, you know, that almost as if like David Moyes is the best we're ever going to get. This is, our, this is our level. This is our limit. You know, be happy about it. Be pleased no, that we've got yeah. David Moyes. I'm delighted we've got David Moyes. If we didn't have David Moyes, we wouldn't have had the experience we've had over no. the last three years. No, quite. But at the same time, I think now we look at there's a lot of fans going. Thanks, Dave. You've laid the foundations. Let's let's push on now. And I don't think he's the mm. right man to push us on. I genuinely don't. If he is, <laughs> brilliant, great. I'll take it. He's a legend in my eyes. I love the bloke. Absolutely love him. But I just don't, I don't see, I, 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 the eye and a lot of no. fans don't see him being the guy to push us on um, any further than where he already has taken us. No. Uh, and a look, lot of it's down to entertainment. And David Moyes has said fairly openly quite recently, he's just like, look, you know, I've been a manager at this level for a hugely long time by doing things a certain way. He's basically gone, this is sort of what it is. I've got a recipe for success here. I think it particularly works at, you know, clubs like us and and like when he was at Everton as well. The Man United thing, I just think, was it was a poison chalice for him, really. So I mm. don't necessarily think that, you know, I think he warranted an opportunity like that. It was just a complete poison chalice. That was never, ever going to sort of work out. We saw the same thing when... Um, what's it called? Wenger left Arsenal. Emery went in there as well. Clearly, a great manager. And I think at a club like West Ham or Everton, he's David Moyes level, really. And yeah, no, I, I don't know, man. I, I just, I just, I totally get it. I just think 
I think mine comes from my thoughts come from a place I've watched West Ham be so average and crap for so long. Like, let's be honest, mate, that 5 0, most seasons of our lives, we'd have what? Three or four of them thrown in there? Like, we'd certainly have a few yeah. four nils. Five is a bit extreme, to be fair, but like, we would regularly, like, you'd have two to three four nil defeats either half of the season, wouldn't you? Like, you'd get an expected one from like Arsenal, like, and then like Man United, maybe. And then you get like a rogue humping by Aston Villa. And you're like, what? Like, a bit like Fulham's was. Um, yeah, I just, I, I just don't want to go back, mate. Maybe mine's driven by fear. Um, I don't want to go back to West Ham being the West Ham for most of my life because I was falling out of love with it before Moisey comes second time, mate. I was falling out of love with it. The owners, the stadium, uh, the style of football, the promise of this big future. I just felt betrayed and let down by the owners. And David Moyes made me fall in love with West Ham again. And I, I think maybe my I'm driven more by my fear of going back to that because it won't be the same. When, when we were average, but we were at Upton Park, we had something else there. When we were average at London Stadium, 50% of the people in that stadium every week aren't proper West Ham fans. They're not going to be there if we're average again. And then the club we once loved, I think is going to disappear. And I, I know people will be going, oh, well, you can't just be guided by fear. And I understand that, that argument. Honestly, I do. And I'm not saying that it would definitely do that. I just think if it was down to me, I'd yeah, I'd rather have the option of being able to go to a European game and watch us maybe play rubbish than spin the spin the dice and you know get Jabby Alonso in. And then as we've seen so many times before, it's like, oh, you know, oh the not Premier League, no Premier League experience. And then, you know, just like go back to where we were before Paquetta goes, make another couple of crap signings, another year of Mikel Antonio playing up front for his 48th birthday. I don't think we're as far away from the old West Ham as, as the last few years have maybe encouraged fans to think. That's all. And I'm not saying everyone else should think that. I'm just sort of more explaining where it comes from for me, really, because I, I just, I'd fallen out of love with it, really. And I don't want to do I, that again. And I'm enjoying being in love with my club again. I get that. I think we're all, I think we're all, everyone, every West Ham fan is low-key a little bit concerned about life after David Moyes in terms of do, do we slip back into that? And there's always yeah. a risk. There's always a risk. Yeah. I, 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 but at the same time, I think a lot of the work that Moyes has done over the last three to four years um, has laid the strong enough foundations for us to av avoid that happening and for that to not be a thing. Um, yes, you know we've loved being in Europe these last three years. I think we all have to come to terms with the fact that we're not going to qualify for Europe every single year. Again, there will be the odd, there will be years where we don't. There might even be a period where three or four years without playing European football. Unfortunately, that's just the reality reality of it because the Premier League is so competitive. The fact is, we're talking about the top eight top eight teams qualifying for Europe this season because of the way that they're redoing the Champions League and the, and the Europa League and, and all the rest of it. Yeah. Um, if we're so English teams like, do well in the Europe, then it yeah. looks like the top five will get will get Champions League, and then a, a place will, uh, means eighth will get the Europe uh, the Conference League. 
Um, I think Man United need to go through to the next round for that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, carry on. Yeah. yeah. So, but even then, like, even if it's not top eight, and it's top seven. That's seven teams out of twenty that need to that need to like that can qualify for Europe. But if you look at the Premier League right now, there's nine teams competing for those seven places. Mm. We're we're ninth. Uh, and what well, I think it's Chelsea or maybe even I don't know who's just below us, but that that gap was five five points. It's now three or two. Um, so it could be ten teams by the end of the next weekend fighting for those top seven places. That's how competitive it is. So we have to come to terms with the fact and accept the fact that we're not going to be in Europe every year. We've had a great run, three years running. We put, we might not, unless we go and have a great second half of the season. There's a chance that we won't be in Europe next year. What does that do then? Does that mean yeah. we can't attract the right type of player? Or is it a case of foundations to be laid for us to, to be good enough and to be ready enough to go again next season? Uh, like, and, yeah. and that's that's the consideration we and that's reality we need to all, all accept is that, yes, this has been great. We all want this every single year, being in Europe, like having great away days and, and finishing the top 10 of the Premier League and competing with the best teams. But the reality is that it's not going to be that way. But there's, no. I think there's there's enough to suggest that it doesn't mean to say we're, just because it's not going to be that way doesn't mean to say we're just going to drop back and start finishing 14th every season again. Like I think oh. I think we are now in, in in an era where we we will regularly see us compete where we are competing right now, um, regardless of who's in charge. Um, yeah, that's true. Um, but I, I I do. But then we we. We had our success came in, in the cup competition, and yeah. I, think, I think, yeah, at the end of the day, we, we, we need to we need to be a little bit more realistic on on what what we are, where that's we are. I'm as a saying, club. <laughs> yeah, but at the I same think. time, but that but that doesn't mean to say that. Well, in that case, then to avoid us slipping back into it, then um, we need to just stick with the man, the man in charge. I think at some point or another, you've got to make make a move. Um, that shouldn't happen in the middle of this season. Absolutely not. Said it last year. It'd be mental to to, to get him out before the end of the season. But big decision yeah. needs to be made in the summer. Do you want to stick with where we are and not have the entertainment, but get the results, or do you mm. want to try and try and sort of get the sweet spot and have a, a bit of both? And look like look at Wolves like um, playing decent football, but very very sporadic with their results, mm. like. That's the flip Mate, side, and that—that's sort of what I, yeah. And, and look, and 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 that's that—that's sort of what I see for us, really. I think Paqueta goes this year. Paqueta goes in the summer, absolutely no doubt about it. Potentially even January. Um, you know, Kudus is good. No reason, like you know, you could see Arsenal coming in for him, or definitely like you could see someone coming in for Kudus. Like uh, the striker thing has been dogging us for. So long, we could have been even better than we have been with a proper striker. Um, yeah, I don't, it, it feels like it's coming to the end of a cycle, right? It does feel like that. So, I think you know, maybe I'd be happy at the end of the not happy. I think, I think it needs an announcement fairly sharpish, though, honestly. And I, because I honestly think if you went, if the club made an announcement and went, right. David Moyes is leaving at the end of the season, but he's whatever happens, but he's given his 
word that he's going to be, uh, you know, working his absolute socks off um, between now and the end of the season to, uh, you know, make sure it's as much of a success as possible. But whatever happens, David Moyes' contract won't be being renewed. There is a there is a story on the back page of the Mirror and all the Reach titles, actually, because I just use the same uh, stories. But the Mirror, the Express and the Star have all run with a story on their back page saying David Moyes has only got to the end of the season. And it feels a little bit of a reach, to be honest, because I think it's it'll still be reviewed later in the season. Like that's been... Um, that's been the talk, but the story is, they haven't got massive on it, but the story is effectively suggesting that he definitely going at the end of the year. Um, I've only seen that in reach, not anywhere else. So, um, look, I, I don't, I wouldn't begrudge it too much if he went at the end of the season. I think an announcement needs to be made one way or the other, but I think what the club will do, because they're aware of the negative sentiment, they're just going to wait. And mate, if we if we have a decent little run in the Europa League, we go again in January. But I think the problem is, mate, and it's, look, you can see it playing out front of you already, can't you? The way the club's been run for so long. You can just see it playing out front of you. No money in January and load of like confusion. It's basically indecision on the club's part, isn't it, right? Because they... Rather than deciding, right, this is the sort of club we want to be and i.e. this is the style of football we want to play or just putting your nuts on the line and going, look, we're sticking with David Moyes um, and so there's no uncertainty and so we can plan appropriately, plan ahead like a decent well-run football club should. We're announcing David Moyes has got a, an extra... Uh, 12 months on his deal from the end of the season or 18 months or whatever. And our January and summer transfer strategy will reflect that. But that that's not the case, is it? It appears they're just letting it go and go and go. It's January in three weeks. And they don't know which manager is going to be... If you sign someone in January, that player you're trying to sign, you're going to sign him on the proviso of no, yeah, we don't know who the manager's going to be next season. So, in my opinion, it needs a it needs a thing one way or the other where you go right. David Moyes is working his contract to the end of the season. We thank David so much for all his hard, excellent work. Um, or you go New Deal, but it's not. It's not going to be that, and it's just like it's, oh, it's rubbish. No, it's rubbish. I think... If he was that good, the board should back him. And if he's no good, get rid of him or I think announce the, that he's going. Is... This is the thing with the particularly when you mentioned the January transfer window. I think what we do in the window is is completely irrelevant as to whether Moyes stays or goes. Tim Stightlin is there to to bring players in and potentially a manager in that that fits a, a, a certain philosophy and a certain style. Um, and he will already be having managers on a shortlist, and he he will be targeting players who will play under David Moyes for six months, the targeting players who will fit a certain style and a certain philosophy that the next manager that comes after David Moyes will implement. Mm. And that, that that's the way that this, the club's going to be run. There's there's a reason Tim Starton has been brought in, is to do yeah, that work yeah. and is to, is to build that philosophy and that style and to bring the right players and the right manager in to implement it. 
and yes, we're not really we've seen some of some of that in terms of the signings he's already made. Um, mm. but we probably won't see the fruits of that work probably for another couple of years until it really starts sort of taking shape. <laughs> but he's there and that's why uh, he's been brought yeah. in. So Yeah, I know. Right, James, look. I've sort of I didn't even I haven't enjoyed this conversation. I really haven't. I know it's bad. I like you, you're a really nice bloke, and I'm really glad we're Thanks. friends. Um but <laughs> And it's not really you. I just feel a bit just, it's just like it's getting me down, really. Like we're actually doing all right. Like, oh, oh, yeah, whatever. I was just wasn't looking forward to it, and I was like, oh, we'll try and keep the intro short. But you can't not have the conversation either, can you? I feel like you're sort of doing the listeners a disservice by going. <laughs> this puts me in a bad mood, so I'm not going to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, it's not really the uh, idea of being a podcaster, is it? But hey, it is what it is. Listen, Josie, uh, follow us on social media. Thanks to everyone who's got in touch. To be fair, like good and bad, like it is nice to have uh, to have views from both sides of the coin. Um, I have a like I do genuinely enjoy lo- love hearing from you lots thanks to the guys who got involved good and bad who gave me a load of grief on Twitter um, and who were back in my uh, stance as well um, follow us on social media at we are underscore West Ham Instagram where we are West Ham pod buy us a pint please you can tell what a bad mood we're in um, <laughs> both of us uh, just buy us a pint for the game on Thursday if you fancy it buymeacoffee.com slash we are West Ham uh, for that um the money goes straight to me and james we only ever spend it over the bar when we're together or on podcast equipment license fees guest fees or whatever to make the pod better for you guys that's buymeacoffee.com slash we are west ham uh pints are a fiver each you can buy as few or as many as you like um and leave us a review as well five stars on apple podcast spotify review listen uh, with some good or bad words, whichever you fancy. And do subscribe to our YouTube channel, please, if you don't already. We know there's loads of you that don't, like absolutely stacks of you listen to this. Um, and when you compare that number to the number of YouTube subscribers we've got, um, it's a mere fraction. So if you can uh, go and follow us on YouTube, that would be good. Thanks very much. Um, stay with us. James, are we going to – we'll have a very, 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 very – brief look back on the Spurs and Fulham games next. Um, Then we'll speak to uh, Julian from the Spodcast Freiburg ahead of Thursday night's game in the Europa League, which is actually really important. Um, But it doesn't sound like anyone's really looking forward to it. Uh, And then later in the week, you'll hear from Dan Bayliss from the Wolves 77 pod uh, ahead of Sunday's game at London Stadium against Wolves. Um, Very brief and I'm talking a minute or two from me and Jonesy next. He's just shaking his head already, but we'll have to talk it's about not it. Point. Um, well, we'll have to very, very briefly. <laughs> People might want to hear about it. We'll do it, honestly, we'll do it in less than two minutes, a minute a game. It'll be one of the greatest features ever. Uh, then we'll speak to Julian. Then we'll have the Betway Charity Bets. Then some final thoughts. Stay with us. Right, Jonesy, one minute. 37 um, and 30 seconds is coming up in 15 seconds time. So that's your starting point. I want to hear from you. 60, your 60 second review um, on first the Tottenham Hotspur game. Uh, and then the, I'll do the Fulham one after that. You got four, three, two, one, go. Well, it started atrociously, um, which was as expected. I thought, I think there's a graphic that popped up on the, on the screen on the seventh minute. 
and it was a possession graphic, and it was Tottenham 93, I think, West Ham 7 um, for <laughs> possession. And it was like, yeah, exactly how I expected this one to turn out. Um, I thought we were fortunate to go in, go in at just 1-0. Um, annoyed me that Romero scored, because I just don't like him. I think he's a dirty player. Um, but 30 seconds to go. I, we we were we were fortunate that that they really were struggling in the final third. We defended pretty well, though. To be fair, second half we came out and we were hungry. We were we were pressing them. We were closing them down. We were in, in sort of intense about passing. Everything about it was what what West Ham were two years ago, particularly away from home. Um, very fortunate with the two goals. Uh, loved the Five. fact that we beat Spurs away with those two goals because they were funny. Uh, happy days. It happened again. There we go. It did happen again. Two seconds over the line there. Right. I'm going to start mine in uh, on, on the one minute hour 38, 40 second mark. So West Ham nil, Fulham five. The Hammers actually started really well, weirdly. The David Moyes alluded to that after the game. And Raul Jimenez didn't score the opener until the 22nd minute. Annoying that Raul Jimenez scored because he um, just, he's, I don't know why you're scowling at me. I'm 30 seconds through. I've still got four goals to cover. I think we actually started okay. The sickness bug clearly having its effect. Pablo Fornell's proving once again that his West Ham career really is over, which is a shame. Aaron Cresswell probably similar unless he's happy to be a backup forever. The William goal was really annoying. I think it came at just an awkward time. Uh, and then the Adarabayo header, just infuriating. So we're supposed to be defending those as well. Harry Wilson's goal, yeah, fair play. Game's already beyond us by then. Energy levels and quality levels were on the floor. And then the Carlos Vinicius one, I didn't really care by that stage. It was just infuriating. Um, yeah, I'll forget about it. Hopefully some of the fans do as well. Um and at least we're still in the top half. Right, there you go, James. That was the briefest uh, review on two games of football we've ever seen in our lives. I think, once again, the the bigger picture at West Ham is more important, which is why it gets more podcast minutes. Uh, stay with us. Julian from the Spodcast Freiburg ahead of Thursday's game next. Well, there you have it then. Time to put that behind us. The 5-0 defeat at Fulham. Just a little bit disappointing that I couldn't even have a small window of time or a small podcast where I could enjoy having beaten Tottenham away, which has always given me so much joy for most of my life. But onwards and upwards, forward-looking time now for West Ham and the first game we've got coming up this week before that Wolves Premier League clash on Sundays. Of course, Freiburg at home on Thursday to decide who wins our Europa League group out of the two, us and the German club. And basically, if West Ham, all we need is a draw or a win and we skip the last 32 round of the Europa League where uh, those teams if it's if we beat or draw with Freiburg they'll come second and face one of the Champions League dropouts in that last 32 while we go all the way through to the last 16 but I'm delighted to say that joining us to look ahead to that game on Thursday is Julian from the Spodcast Freiburg one of the colleagues of your man who came on to preview the last game for us Julian is heading to London for the game on Wednesday, I believe. Julian, great to have you with us. Thanks very much for joining us. Are you? Uh, when do you head head out here for your trip? 
Hey, yeah, thanks very much for having me. Um, we'll be heading out tomorrow, so on Wednesday, and uh, we'll be there on Wednesday evening. A tad too late to catch a local game, I'm afraid, but uh, we'll stay there until Saturday and then maybe something else. <laughs> excellent stuff, excellent stuff. How are you? How's the, what's the feeling among Freiburg fans at the moment? You obviously had a good, uh, reasonably good form at the moment, a couple of uh, domestic wins, Wolfsburg away. Uh, on Saturday, beat Mines before that. Obviously, put Olympiacos to the sword with that five-nil thrashing. Before it's the, a full month since you, you've lost a game domestically or in in Europe. What's the feeling like among among Freiburg supporters at the moment? Yeah, it's a it's a bit weird because I think the results are uh, obviously pretty good. Um, we we lost in the in the cup uh, a month ago that was pretty disappointing but other than that i think the results are pretty good the player style of play isn't as good so some of those wins in a re recent week were quite lucky i think you guys had similar discussions uh, among your fan base <laughs> so uh, you might relate uh, we just won the last two bundesliga games against wolfsburg and mainz and i think it's fair to say that we were the weaker side in both of them uh, but before, like you mentioned, we uh, destroyed Olympiakos, which right now doesn't look as hard, uh, but still felt very, very good. Uh, so <laughs> I think we're a good team, but uh, it's also a bit of a lucky run right now. Mm. Julian, I mean, that is literally a mirror image of West Ham right yeah. now. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's comforting to know that we're not the only, the only people uh, in this boat at the moment. But I've, yeah. I noticed that, is it, is it, is there an issue with your goal scoring at the moment or is there a feeling that it could be? Because I'm looking at it, you scored 17 goals in the Bundesliga, which is by far the lowest, at least in the, the top 12. Um, and you've scored the same amount of goals as Darmstadt, who are bot bottom. <laughs> and it's exactly, it's actually the same amount of goals you scored in the Europa League in yeah. five games. Um, <laughs> what is it out front at the moment? Is it, is it just struggling to click or you've had injuries or, or what is it? Yeah, I think injuries are definitely a part of it, but um, in general, we haven't been as dangerous as well. Like if you have look at the expected goals rates, we aren't, aren't in the top of the league there either. Um, but we we have a thin squad to begin with, and we have a lot of injuries. Our strikers aren't as uh, as injured though, so it shouldn't be quite a, pro a problem that it is. Um, I think it's more that we struggle to create chances than just to put them away, but also we were more efficient uh, last season. It's kind of weird because, like you said, in the Europa League, we keep scoring. Mm -hmm. um, Michael Gregoric, who hasn't scored a single goal until uh, the Olympiakos game two weeks ago, is uh, our striker. And now, after he uh, scored a hat-trick, even uh, uh, the German version of a hat-trick where you have to score uh, three uh, consecutive goals in one half to count and he even did that and then afterwards he scored in every game so maybe our struggles are behind us a bit um but yeah so we have some injuries we hope to uh to have a better uh, better scoring now but it still is a bit of a struggle to just be consistently uh, and build up and uh, to get to the to the box to really have some chances to put away Jalen. 
Describe what well, do us a favour. Describe that. What's a German hat trick? You've got to <laughs> score. You've heard this before. You've not heard. I've heard never of this. ever heard of that. No, <laughs> no. I heard about it when Harry Kane scored a hat trick, and they yeah. were like, "Well, actually, no, it doesn't count because it's not a German hat trick." <laughs> yeah. Really cool, yeah. Julian. Tell me. We, <laughs> we have a we have the same. Uh, it's a Lupenreiner hat trick, which basically means, oh, uh, crisp, yeah, crispy yeah, yeah. clean, and uh, right. so then it, you have to score three goals in one half and they all have to be consecutive so no one else can score between so if you do if you Jeez. score the the first the second and the fourth it's like yeah nice job but it's not a real hat trick very german i think yeah God, that really is poor old harry kane he's been smashing or thinking he's been smashing hat tricks in england for ages gets to germany they're like nah mate no. nah don't bother it's not impressive yeah yeah exactly. but yeah it's been pretty Blimey. good i think it's yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 quite, <laughs> quite, quite. Um, what did you, uh, what, what did you sort of feel then after the the first leg against West Ham, Julian? You you, you lost two one. Obviously, no away fans uh, in that game because because of the West Ham fan ban that was in place at the time. I've sort of I went out to Olympiacos for our away game there. Our away game at Baca Tapola most recently wasn't very convincing, but we did what we had to do. And you know we're in a fairly good position, really, going into this this final game. Even if we'd got a draw away at Olympiacos, we'd have still been in the same position we are now. So while it was frustrating at the time, you're sort of reasonably pleased from a West Ham point of view with the position we're in. Bit of an odd time at the club at the moment, and, and whether people are convinced with the style of play and all that. But we certainly, in some games, feel like we could do the job and get it done. But that that away game at Freiburg, everyone was really pleased. It, 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 we thought it was going to be our most difficult game of the group. Um, everyone was f- pleased afterwards with no away fans in there. It was quite a tough task. What what did you make of, of that game before we move on to talk about Thursdays? Yeah, I think it was one of our weaker performances, especially in the first half. We didn't look like we could even contend in that game. I thought it should have been uh, like a 2-0 for you or a 0-2 for you at this point. And I think we reasonably well came came back in the game afterwards. Like the second half was much closer. I think we could have, maybe should have drawn at that point. Um, But I think not quite uh, up to the uh, other Europa League games from our uh, point of view. It's also like, you know, we, we of course have heard of the uh, Moya style of play. So once you're up, it's tough to play against you, uh, especially if you're away. Um, so it wasn't unexpected to see it the way but uh, it went. But I think, like like I said, in, this, in the second half, we uh, had enough chances to reasonably come back and, and uh, get the point. And if we had, then maybe now um, we'll just get the point and even win the group. But I think from the uh, get-go, the, the second spot in the group was what we're really aiming for and uh, a spot for the first spot is a bonus uh, at this point and this is all pretty new to us we're not used to uh, fighting for uh, the knockoff state knockout stages in uh, the Europa League so mm-hmm. I'm happy either way but of course when we're going there uh, to you guys we'll want to get that win with that in mind Julian was like you said there that you kind of the, 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 the target really was to finish second um, but now you've you've you're in a position where we need to you, you have to win to finish first, and you have yourself in a position where you could do that, especially given the form that we're in. Do you think that might that might influence the tactics going into this one? Will it be a let's go all out and try and hit West Ham early and and try and 
caused a bit of a uh, frustration within the uh, within the atmosphere in, in in the stadium early doors and put West Ham on the rocks because there's an opportunity here really, especially mm. given the way we're playing at the moment. I don't really expect it because in the last few weeks we've been more conservative than we usually are. Uh, like we have still are a team with with injuries in some key positions and the way our coach has reacted to that in the recent weeks was to bring stability back first and foremost and to not uh, get stupid goals in, in, in our own end and then uh, try to score as the game goes along and this is how we got the last two wins. Uh, so. Even though they weren't pretty, I think that's probably going to be the strategy again uh, to just basically force you to be a more active team. Might be a pretty boring game if uh, West Ham decides, well, the point is enough for us, and then uh, then we'll see what happens in the second half. But I don't expect us to go all out. We're also not really a fully defensive team. That's not quite in our DNA. So it's not like if you have or not just a long ball and hope someone gets it or something. We are, are A, not fast enough, and not really built for that either so i think we'll be somewhat conservative i don't think it's going to be all out early attack um but it's also shouldn't be like parking the bus for and waiting for the second half to maybe score a winner i think we're more confident in that um if you have watched union berlin in their better phases the last few seasons that's basically more of the opposite they like to sit back and uh, hit the ball over your head and then uh, try to score with one of the few chances they'll get and uh, take you by surprise that's not quite how we build but i think right now it's probably what we would love to do if we <laughs> had the uh, had the skills to do that um yeah i don't i don't think it's going to be a fireworks early what sort of uh what, what obviously we had a we had a chat about your your some star men in your team before what sort of formation and will you be playing in any like star players that west ham should be looking out for are going to be dangerous pose a threat yeah, uh, the last few weeks we've played uh, with four in the back and um, so switched it up, but 4-3-3, three, three, um, maybe 4-2-3-1. Um, Freiburg is not really built around uh, one player or something, but I think every time you play us, uh, Vincenzo Grifo has to come up because he's basically involved in the majority of our goals. If you have a, a, the assistant goals list at the end of the season, he'll always be at the top also because he's uh, he's the penalty taker for us. Um, but also if you just look at the key passes, the uh, the attack, mostly he'll have some uh, way of influencing it. Um, so he'll probably play on the left side. In some Europa League games, he uh, came from bench, so maybe we'll see something like that because uh, young Noah Weishaupt has started to get more playing time on that side. Uh, other than that, uh, Litz Doan has, uh, as a name has, uh, has come up again and again in some uh, transfer talks to bigger clubs. Uh, he's very good with the ball. He's uh, not quite as dynamic this season uh, as he could have been maybe, but always a threat on the other side of the right side. And hopefully uh, Roland Scholloy, the Hungarian striker for the national team, I think maybe in scored against England at some point. Um, uh, he just came back from injury. He has been our best player this season, I'd say, but was out now for five weeks or something and uh, not quite sure if he's ready to start again. But if he's coming from the bench, then uh, maybe look out because he is the one who has the speed to uh, get by and just the power and the... Uh, the will, to be honest, to uh, just go through two men and not trying to dribble too much, but just uh, go straight ahead and uh, maybe score in uh, a late goal. 
Excellent stuff. Julian, how many Freiburg fans are making the trip to London on Thursday? Have you, how many tickets did you get? Do you know if you sold out your allocation? Oh, yeah. We sold it out, uh, I think, in one minute. Uh, oh, wow. It could have been like 10,000, awesome. but uh, I think we get like 3,000 tickets or something, and they yeah. were gone immediately. Uh, oh, great. I think fans outside the away and aren't allowed, so I don't think too many will be there, but uh, mm. maybe some in in uh, in anonymous clothing i don't know <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, sure. i know a lot of people who will still go to london because they just booked the trip as soon as we uh, got to draw and then uh, hope for tickets or maybe you hope that someone will be uh, <laughs> ill and has to sell their ticket or something uh but yeah there's gonna be a lot of freiburg fans there uh, i'm looking forward to it i've never been to london longer than a layover so uh, excited to see the city for a few days and uh, never been to the new stadium, obviously either. So, no. what's your uh, what, what's on your to do list for London? Then where are you gonna <laughs> where are you gonna hit up? Oh, we just will uh, we'll do a, a tour on Friday, but like hit some touristy stuff. But I'm I'm not quite sure because we wanted to uh, get with a larger group and see what everybody else wanted to uh, do on Friday. Yeah, yeah. And on Thursday, I think we'll mostly stay in the area. We have a uh, apartment not too far there, uh, Victoria Park or something. And uh, yeah. yeah. And I think, uh, yeah, there in the area will there will be the fan meetup uh, anyway. So we'll probably spend the afternoon there and then uh, head to the stadium. Yeah, where is what that? Where guys... are all the fans meeting? Uh, somewhere at the, uh, at the Victoria Club, uh, Park and, and oh, some right. of the edges. I think like a huge pub or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, Happy days. Yeah. Well, listen, Julian. We uh, we hope you enjoy the trip to London. Obviously, not too much. We hope you don't enjoy the game on Thursday <laughs> at all. But uh, yeah, I'm sure London will be a bit welcoming, uh, pretty welcoming for you. Uh, just give us a score prediction then. Thursday night, Europa League, do or die shootout. Really, winner uh, or uh, if it's a draw, it's West Ham go through to the last sixteen of the Europa League and skip the Champions League dropouts. Uh, whoever, yeah, comes second in the group off the back of this game. Uh, as, as I've already said, ends up with a head-to-head with someone who comes out of the Champions League, and that's an, an extra two games in the Europa League, which I guess both managers will be avoided. But what do you think the score is going to be Thursday night at London Stadium, West Ham v Freiburg? Uh, I mean, I'm going to be very optimistic on Thursday anyway, so I might as well be now as well. So uh, I think we're going to get a somewhat late uh, go-ahead goal and then score the winner, to say, the second goal in the... Uh, an extra time or something, so uh, zero, there you uh, go. zero two. <laughs> yeah, two nil, blimey, Jamesy. <laughs> I think it. I think it'll be a draw. Um, I'm going to go one all. Yeah, um, yeah, another one all. Um, I just, I just don't see. I, I think there'll be some players rested, and we'll know that all we need to do is draw. And I think that's that will be reflected in the way that we set up. We'll just be setting up to avoid avoid defeat. And work <laughs> yeah. Just. yeah 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 i quite agree yeah I'm, you sound like you're looking forward to the game about as much as i am james yeah. but yeah i'm sort of on the same page as you with that one I, I think we'll just about do enough and i think one all will probably uh one all will probably do it unfortunately I, I can't really see us wiping the floor with with freiburg but uh yeah so do all we need to do really i don't really care to be quite honest i just want to do enough get through the last 16, cut us out a couple of games, and then that gives us half a chance of a of a run like we had uh, the historic run a couple of years ago. But listen, Julian, it's been great having you on. Julian there from the Spodcast Freiburg ahead of Thursday night's game at London Stadium. 
Uh, fingers much. crossed, of course, the Hammers will get through. Enjoy your trip uh, and stay with us because you will have the Betway Charity Bets and then some final thoughts from me and Jonesy coming up next. The We Are West Ham podcast is sponsored by Miriam Errington Conveyancing in Adelaide, South Australia. So if you are buying or selling a property in Adelaide, South Australia or Australia as a whole, make sure you keep West Ham business in the West Ham family by giving Miriam a call or a shout. It's Miriam Errington Conveyancing for all your property sale and conveyancing needs down under. Well, Jonesy, we're back again with the Betway Charity Bets. Two games last week, two opportunities to win. And I think as neither of us thought West Ham were going to lose 5-0 at Fulham or win 2-1 at Tottenham, we haven't got any winners for our West Ham linked charities. I was close, to be fair. I had Song Hyun Min to score. Goal in each half, more than 6.5 total shots on target for Tottenham. Um, I did already go through this in the Betway Charity Bets section. I did ahead of the Fulham game. Uh, But yeah, it was just Song Hyun Min. Who didn't score, but I was very glad he didn't. Um, just a reminder, Betway, give me and James £50 each by way of a charity stake for each and every one of West Ham's Premier League games this season. Any winnings I win from those bets go to the Bobby Moore Fund and any winnings that James wins goes to the DT38 Dylan Tombides Foundation. And very kindly, Betway, West Ham's main sponsor, have agreed to match or double any of those winnings on top of that. I'm about £550, I think, so far I've raised for the Bobby Moore Fund, which when doubled by Betway was over £1,000, which is absolutely great. James yet to get off the mark for the DT38 Foundation. And we're nearly at the halfway point of the season, but he's got form. He always comes into his own in the second half and racks up a good few grand, which I'm sure he will do. So, Jonesy, uh, no Betway bets for Freiburg, of course, but the Wolves game on the weekend, what are you saying? Uh, I'm going to go both teams to score. A penalty to be awarded. And if you could add on... You like that recently, don't you? Yeah, but if you could add on in controversial fashion due to VAR, because we're playing Wolves, <laughs> I would do that, but obviously we can't. Um, yeah. And I'm going to say kudos anytime. Yeah, okay. Okay, fair enough. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to say, yeah, I mean, the both teams to score are just such an absolute like easy win, isn't it? All right, I'm going to say both teams to score and Thomas Suchek, goal anytime. I just fancy it. I think Suchek, he's sort of he's done all right this season, isn't he? So I think again it's probably going to be ugly. So not that he's ugly. I mean he's a bit ugly. Don't tell him I said that. But um yeah, I just it'll be like a scrappy one or a, a leaping like a salmon header. So yeah, both teams to score. Thomas Suchek, goal anytime, and more than six point five corners. That's gonna be me this week. I think it just seems so silly to go any way other than both teams to score. Um, because, you know, it's been an awfully long time. I know Fulham, to be fair, we didn't score at all, but uh, since that hasn't happened on the reg. So, uh, yeah, that's what I'm going with, Jonesy. Um, Fingers crossed we can get some money on board for those great West Ham charities this season. And, yeah, keep your ear out for those. Oh, don't forget, sorry, that's what I've got to remind you, that you can back those bets for real if you like. 
on the Betway website and app. So just go to uh, Bet Builder, uh, sorry, pre built bets under the West Ham Wolves tab. They'll probably be out for a Sunday game on Friday. Jones will post all the graphics up on our socials as well. Um, once you've got those, that tends to mean the bets are live on the site. So you can back those yourself if you want, probably about Friday pre-built bets on the Betway website and app for that game. Stay with us. Final thoughts from me and James next. Well, James, I don't feel really that much better having done the podcast, to be quite honest with you, um, which is really disappointing because I love beating Tottenham. I really love beating Tottenham. Um, but yeah, obviously bigger bigger things at play at the moment, quite frankly, at our club. And I think we've um yeah, we've sort of done those to death once again this week. Can we have like a pact? Can we have a pact next week that whatever happens this week, like we'll just go back to the old format and just try and talk about the football. I sort of feel like it's not really what fans are talking about, is it? But I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to not look forward to a podcast, especially after beating Tottenham. I'm just like, oh mm. God, not nice, not nice. Um, I think we've done enough looking back. Um, look forward for me then. Final thoughts. Uh, big game on Thursday. Really big game on Thursday, and it will genuinely be another one of those good things, brilliant things for the second half of the season. Right? We don't want to drop into the last thirty-two of the Europa League which we'll do if we if we lose to Freiburg Thursday. But if we draw or beat them, we're straight through to the last 16, like happened last time. Um, and, yeah, and we, we skip the Champions League dropouts. It's just started thunder and lightning here, James. Um, Is that thunder? 22. Yeah, and big big old flash of lightning just came through the door. Yeah, Tuesday morning, 22. Yeah. I noticed all of a sudden my screen had gone dark. I noticed that. Turn any lights on or off, and I think it's just because a huge storm has rolled in. It's bright sunshine up here in Suffolk, mate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, come on, talk to me. Um, I hope that's not an omen. Blimey, I just started talking about the week ahead and a big old clap of thunder and lightning go outside the door. Uh, talk to me about this week, James. Uh, big, big game. Two big games again. They're all big games at the moment. Um, you know, sort of get on the back of everything but I do I just sort of feel that it doesn't for lots of the fans now it won't really matter if we if we win two of the games but we, we sort of perhaps want to want a big performance I suppose but I'd rather I think just do what we've got to do on Thursday I'd take a draw there and then you need a big performance against Wolves don't you like all guns blazing like you know put a few past and proper go for them and leave fans leaving going that's better come on that's see we can do it you know what I mean yeah, I think you're right. I think Thursday, because of what the outcome means for, um, or dictates, I think it is just a case of just just avoid defeat, like mm. just set set up and avoid defeat. And um, if we can win, great. But I think that will be uh, the the approach from David Moyes and the players is just just go out there, slow the game down. And uh, and try and and just gr- we're going to lose out. one now, aren't we? Yeah, With an 88th yeah. minute. Thing is, that's, that's probably what will happen. But I think that will be the approach. Just don't, just don't try not to lose. As opposed to just try and win, it will be try not to lose. And then you're right. On, on Sunday, it has to be a completely different story. Got to play the same. The way we played against Spurs in the second half has to be we we play on Sunday. And if we play like yeah. that, then we beat Wolves. Um, 
their waveform isn't great. Um, and they're, you know, a little bit hit and miss in terms of results. They're not very consistent. We, we need to, we need, because if we don't, then it's only going to amplify all those feelings that we've just discussed mm-hmm. over the last two weeks. And yeah, yeah, they need to put that Wolves, uh, the, the Fulham game behind them and, and really prove that there's more to this, this team than just grinding out games and grinding out results and not playing very well but still nicking the odd result here and there like this team and the, the squad that we've got is better than that and they need to show that and I think I'd like to see them I don't know I predicted one all in the up overview um, but yeah I still think it'll be two draws mm. yeah I, I don't know man I don't know I think there's something in that team and they'll produce something at some point I, I'd like to I'd like to see really like David Moyes just go out first half an hour, proper go both barrels at Freiburg, um, get the game one, like get, get one nil up. And then, and then I'm more than happy, mate. I don't care really like do what needs to be done. Get, but get one nil up and then absorb it. Cause then they've got a score. They've got a score twice. They're not exactly free scoring as we spoke about with Julian earlier. So I think it's got to be gung ho early doors, because you'd still back us if you go like gung ho early and they get one. You still back us to get one, wouldn't you, and, and battle back for the draw. But I think if you proper go for them, and you get one or two even in the first sort of you know first half an hour, first half, then it's happy days then, isn't it? Then you can just accept the second half's going to be dull, take a few players off, and say, well, go on then. Especially if you're two new up, say, so go on then, right. Come and like, come and score free if you want. We're just going to have. Sorry, everyone in the stadium. It is going to be dull for these forty-five minutes. But we'll just have our two banks of eight, um, or like nine players behind the ball. Go and score free. Like, and that's what I'd want to see. I, I don't really care whether the game's good on Thursday or not, uh, as long as we get the job done. Um, but yeah, Wolves. I just feel it's there. They're a team sort of. You want to keep them below us. Keep ourselves in the top half, and it'll make a bit of a statement on the back of that Fulham game. Um, yeah, sort of back in the mixer again. Fingers crossed. Anyway, James, any, anything else to add, mate? No. no. No, that's it. I've got that all out of my system now. I'm happy. Until next week. <laughs> next week, yeah. Until this time next week. Anyway, look, thank you very much to everyone who listens to the podcast. Uh, we've had loads more. And numbers still going in a very positive direction, which is nice. Loads of new people joining us, as well as uh, all the old faithfuls sticking with us, the long-termers. Um, I've had quite a few people getting in touch the last couple of weeks. Apologies if you haven't. I haven't uh, read your message out. I think I tried to get to um, as many of the ones as I could remember and find who've, who've got in touch. If I haven't actually replied to you, um, sorry, but hopefully... You got a shout out then. Um, but yeah, thanks very much to everyone. West Ham are still massive. No matter what some people have you believe, I promise we really, really are. Um, up the hammers, follow us on social media, leave us reviews, uh, YouTube, buy us a pint, actually. We really but actually of all the things that all the call to actions we normally do this week, I think me and James would actually appreciate a pint more because I think we might need it either at um Freiburg on Thursday night or Wolves on Sunday. Um I'm not Super looking forward to getting down there on Thursday. <laughs> um, but Wolves, hopefully I'll, I'll be walking along to Wolves with a bit more of a spring in my step. Thanks for listening, everyone. We really do appreciate it. We appreciate you listening. We appreciate all your messages too. 
Uh, hope you stick with us. Hope you stick with the team. West Ham are massive. Up the hammers and we'll speak to you later in the week. Hi, this is Tony Cotty and you're listening to the We Are West Ham podcast. The We Are West Ham podcast is sponsored by Miriam Errington Conveyancing in Adelaide, South Australia. So if you are buying or selling a property in Adelaide, South Australia or Australia as a whole, make sure you keep West Ham business in the West Ham family by giving Miriam a call or a shout. It's Miriam Errington Conveyancing for all your property sale and conveyancing needs down under. Sports Social Podcast Network.